0: Hello, you are listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 a.m. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Hbert with Audubon, Louisiana.
1: And I'm Samoma Laws with Restore or Retreat.
0: And you're officially listening to our first show of 2019.
1: <laughs> That's a number we can't get wrong, right? Yeah, exactly. Starting <laughs> number from number one. one. Yeah. Let's just start over, right? Happy New Year.
0: Happy New Year indeed. And who dat?
1: Who dat? How were your holidays? We we ended our last show of the year in, in our fun, crazy fashion where we had all of our friends call in. Um, but how were your holidays?
0: They were great. I was home here in New Orleans and just had a, a really um, wonderful opportunity to relax and read and spend time in the city. Um, so they play were great. with your new puppy. Play with a new puppy. Yes. Mm-hmm. How about you?
1: On uh, no new puppy for us. So no. thank you. But <laughs> Santa <it didn't laughs> bring a puppy. <laughs> it seems like always when the you know when you get back on the new year, he's like really ready to go, and so uh, this year is no different. I was getting a calendar. little stir
0: crazy, crazy. But you know, coming back, it's like wow, we're just diving right in we were just talking about this your calendar is already full for january lots of meetings crazy
1: involved with some of our friends that are going to call in today there's lots of meetings at the end of the month and and when things happen in coastal it's always exciting because especially this new year we're looking forward to um a bigger better year than ever uh and so we're looking forward to that
0: yeah big year for louisiana's coast certainly and it's just another reminder that hey you know we had our break, and now it's time to get back at it. Definitely,
1: so. and they set the bar last year for sure, and so that's what we want to talk about a little bit today: is is looking back at what happened in twenty eighteen um, in terms of coastal successes, but also looking forward to what we have planned. So we'll bring on one of our first guests. Um, he was one of the first folks to join our show when we first started this and he's still <laughs> crazy, with us. Um, crazy thing. And and Bren Haas is still our friend. Welcome to the show, Bren.
2: Hey, Simone. Hey, Jacques. Thanks for having
1: me. We, we tell this to everybody, you probably didn't think we were going to last, right, when you first called in all those shows ago, talking about the 2017 master plan, right? I figured
2: you'd last. I wasn't sure if you'd have me back, so <laughs> uh, allow me the opportunity.
0: Well, Bren, uh, you have a new role at CPRA <laughs> since we last spoke. You're Deputy Executive Director for the agency. Congratulations. Uh, how have things been going in the new role
2: Going well. Going well. It's been exciting. Um, you know, it's um, uh, it's been good to uh, have a, um, some different responsibilities and um, have a little bit more of a role in what's going on in other parts of the organization and be able to to get involved in that and, to, you know, to help make sure that uh, the trains are running on time from a from a bigger perspective. So it's been good. I've enjoyed it.
1: I'm not sure if y'all ever really slowed down over there, but uh, hopefully you got to spend some time sitting with your boys because y'all certainly entered into 2019 with a, let's Get some, you know what, done right. So, yeah, uh, let's let's talk about. We're going to talk to some uh, friends later on some of the um, projects y'all had completed. But let's talk about some of the successes in 2018. A uh, big one was Whiskey Island, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, um, that's definitely one of the one of the biggies of 2018. Um, was uh, about a 118 million dollar project where we pumped uh, over 10 million cubic yards of sediment to to Whiskey Island to help rebuild that, uh, that bear island that's, of course, in Terrebonne Parish and help build the marshes, uh, dunes, and beach there that, uh, you know, serves as one of the first line of defenses against hurricane storm surges in, uh, in that coastal parish.
1: Please note um, that I started with Terrebonne first. <laughs> <You did. laughs> of course, but let's go to the North Shore, too, Bayou Bonafuca Marsh Creation over in St. Tammany.
2: Yeah, another another um, uh, good success. This was a marsh creation project uh, that's actually on Big Branch National Wildlife Refuge, but uh, close to a thirty million dollar project benefiting about fourteen hundred acres of uh, of coastal wetlands that uh, you know really lies between uh, Lake Pontchartrain, Lake Bourne area, and uh, and Slidell, and again. Um, good for the for the uh, you know for the wildlife and for the fish, but also good to to put those kind of projects in front of communities that uh, can be infected by, affected by those uh, you know hurricane storm surges. Yeah, and, you
0: know, I mean such and su- such a good reminder to our friends on the North Shore. You know, a lot of times when you think about Louisiana's coast, you think about maybe Terrebonne, maybe you think of Plaquemines Parish, but Saint Tammany is certainly a coastal parish as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so there was a lot of success as well. I mean, we obviously focus a lot on, on the restoration side, but there was um, a lot of progress on the kind of protection side and risk reduction. Um, I know Morgan City, St. Mary Flood Protection, there was a significant investment in levees there.
2: Yeah, over $20 million on a couple of projects in that Morgan City vicinity um, on, on levees. Um, about three miles worth of levees there to help, uh, help again, prevent flooding. Um from storm surges and high water events in that area, so that's something that's been needed for a long time. And something we're really glad glad to be able to participate with those guys on.
1: And you still have a quite a few things kind of in the works too, right? We focus on on this a lot for sure, but the diversions, right? They achieved some some pretty significant milestones last year.
2: Yeah, we really did. You know, we're we're. Um, um, we're pretty proud of the work we're doing here in Louisiana and some of you know the diversions are are really some of the largest ecosystem restoration projects that anybody's working on not just in the United States but really in the world and so um we did make some pretty significant advances on uh on two of those the mid Terry and Mid-Breton uh diversions um in the Terry and, and Breton Sound basins um, in terms of of getting contracts underway to start engineering and design for both of those projects and also getting a a construction manager at risk or CMAR contractor on board to ease in the transition from engineering and design to construction and to to make that a more efficient and hopefully more um, cost-effective process.
1: I remember the beginning uh, in January, I guess, of last year, y'all announced the MOU. Uh, and so, so to kind of think back, I was like, golly, that was so long ago <laughs> back in January. And that's a good thing, right, that y'all have had so many milestones since then. You're kicked off with the a, a you know, precedent-setting agreement, right? And it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot that happened. We've made so much progress since then.
2: Yeah, that's true. And that's been, you know, that, that was certainly a... Um, a big step in the direction of trying to streamline um, the permitting process and trying to get these things uh advanced um, through the federal uh, permitting process in a way that you know that makes sense and and that uh that addresses the concerns that need to be addressed but it 's not bogged down in, in too much red tape and so that's been that 's been a big success so far and something we're pretty proud of as well
0: another big um you know accomplishment or or um You know, area for twenty eighteen was the NERDA recreational dollars, and there was um, an announcement of over twenty three projects across the coast. I think sixty million. What what, what's that all about?
2: Yeah, so those uh, those dollars are are associated. You said NERDA, which is the Natural Resource Damage Assessment um, uh, process. That is really the the process by which the the federal government and, and the state recoups uh, essentially losses over associated with the uh, BP oil spill. And so during that time of the oil spill, I know many of us who, who lived here at the time um, were aware of the fact that it was pretty tough to go fishing. It was pretty tough to get out and enjoy our coast. Uh, bird watch and those kind of things, because there was so much other activity going on, of course, there was oil along our coast, and so um, part of the settlement um, uh, provided funds to enhance those recreational activities essentially that were lost during that time uh, for the for the state of Louisiana, for you know for our coast so there are a number of uh, new boat launch bo- boat launches, some educational um, Areas uh, that will be enhanced and things of that nature, kayak launches and, and fishing piers and things like that across the coast that you'll see uh, that'll be implemented, uh, you know, as a result of, uh, of that, that funding source. As you said, it's 23 projects across the coast. So um, look for uh, look for some new and, and some enhanced uh, uh, boat launches, kayak launches, fishing piers, and so forth. And some, bird
0: to to here. <laughs> some bird stuff Some bird stuff for Jock and love his friends. Well, you know, and that's such a great. Um, you know, investment because people understand what's happening to our coast by seeing it firsthand and by providing that access and those opportunities, you know, you're bringing locals out, potentially tourists out, they get to really experience the coast. And, you know, that's such an important way to convey what's happening.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I remember, you know, one of the things after the oil spills that everybody, you know, in in my part of the world was just like, man, it was super eerie not to hear boats, right? You know, not to hear that that noise that you're just so used to here in Louisiana. Well, Bren, we're up against the break. We did some rapid fire. How did you do last year questions? (laughs) Um, But if you don't mind sticking around with us through the break, we want to talk about what you're looking forward to in 2019. We know you got a lot of things on the books already. So if you don't mind sticking around with us, we'll cover those in the next segment
0: great
1: All right, thanks
0: we'll be right back after the break you're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM always available online DeltaDispatches.org we've got 79 episodes for you to go and catch up on so go (laughs) subscribe like us (laughs) um, tell your friends we've got an exciting year ahead so catch up and then we'll keep moving forward see you after the break At Audubon, we believe that where birds thrive, people prosper. Nowhere is that more evident than in Louisiana. Integrating science, education, and policy, Audubon Louisiana's mission is to conserve and restore natural ecosystems, focusing on birds, other wildlife, and their habitats, for the benefit of humanity and the Earth's biological diversity. Visit la.audubon.org to learn more and support our mission. La.audubon.org. Hi, I'm Don Cheadle. The Environmental Defense Fund works together with those on both sides of the issue and has made our air and water cleaner and the products in our homes safer. Go to edf.org to see how you can help.
1: Restore a Retreat is a coastal nonprofit organization working in the heart of the Barataria and Terrebonne Basins, from the Mississippi River to the Atchafalaya. We work every day to restore Louisiana's coast, community, and culture with our mission of implementing long-term and large-scale projects for our irreplaceable region. We'll hope you join us in supporting the solution. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and online at www.restoreorretreat.org.
0: And we're back. You're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Hebert with Audubon, Louisiana.
1: And I'm Samoma Laws with Restore or Retreat.
0: And we're talking to Bren Haas, Deputy Executive Director with the Coastal Protection and Restoration Authority. Welcome back, Bren. Good to be here. So I don't rem- know if you remember this from your first appearance, but we <laughs> have a fun question that we like to ask, and you know we're also excited I think about. He, Sunday. I, if I remember
1: quick bourbon or whiskey. Oh, that's good memory. Right? I, I remember that. Yeah, yeah.
0: Absolutely. I, I remember my answer too. I believe mm-hmm. it was bourbon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, um. hopefully, this question is just as fun. So obviously. We're all excited about Dot Nation. Um, the Saints have adopted Choppa Style as their official anthem for the season. So, what would your official Saints anthem be, Brian? Oh my Brian? God,
1: I love this question, <laughs> Brian. What's oh. your okay? So, what's your walk-up song?
0: What's my walk-up
2: song? Yeah, a really good question. My sons play baseball, so oh yeah. So you know what we're talking
1: about? Yeah, Do you boys don't. have walk-up songs?
2: <laughs> they don't. They don't. Tell them to get the so, tell yeah.
1: the hot boys they gotta get some.
2: Yeah, I
0: don't know uh I don't know what it would be. Maybe uh you know, maybe fancy or something like that. <laughs> I like it. The unexpected answer.
1: I think avid listener Chip Klein's would be Islands in the stream. That would be yeah, his walk up song. It's a fancy, absolutely. I love that. It tells so... Keep- Got to keep them guessing, right? Oh, man, it makes you learn so much about somebody. Well, Brent, I know that you have a calendar that probably looks a thousand times worse than mine, but most of mine are your meetings as well. So, some things coming up in 2019. Every year, y'all release an annual schedule of projects, right? An annual plan. So, tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, hopefully, most of your listeners are aware that we've got a, a master plan that we um, that we develop periodically. If
1: they're not, of, then we should be fired.
2: <laughs> <laughs> a lot of folks may not be aware that we also uh, put a put a plan out every year called our annual plan, which is essentially is our outlook for the next year. What do we, what revenues do we expect to uh, come to the state for the coastal program, and how do we intend to expend those, um, you know, and where? What projects might we? Uh, um, plan to construct over the next year. So that's been taking a lot of time here so far, uh, really at the beginning of the end of last year and on into here in in January. Um, So we're we're drafting that now. We'll have a draft plan that will be presented to our board um, next week um, on the 16th. Um, And, of course, we'll have some public hearings and public presentations associated with the annual plan as well that will be coming up toward the end of the month.
0: And have you released the dates um, and locations of the annual plan, or is that something we can follow up with our listeners on?
2: Yeah, no, I've got those and be happy to share them with you, sure. So we'll be in Lake Charles uh, on january twenty ninth um, We'll be in New Orleans on January thirtieth uh, and we'll be in Homa on january thirty first uh, All of those meetings start at five thirty with uh, with an open house uh, followed by the the public hearing starting at um, at six o'clock. Um and so there's time for, you know, questions and answers and, and uh kind of more of a formal presentation of the annual plan as well. But uh, my team and I and, and our team will will be there and be happy to uh, answer any questions that anybody might have about the coastal program and what uh, what the next year, and it's actually a three-year outlook, so what the next three years may hold for, uh, for the coastal program in Louisiana.
0: Yeah, and so we'll definitely remind folks as those mm-hmm. dates come closer, um, but another exciting thing that's happening this year, and this is something that's probably near and dear to your heart as you led the last 2017 Coastal Master Plan, but you all are actually starting the process and soliciting project submissions for the 2023 master plan. So tell us about that. Bren
1: obviously just couldn't get enough and had to start (laughs) again right away, even though they like (laughs) kicked him off the team. Let me be clear about that. Right, Bren?
2: (laughs) That's right. That's right. I'm no longer on the team, so I guess my walk-up, uh, walk-up son won't be useful anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, no, believe it or not, um, even though we're, we're now updating the master plan every six years instead of every five, um, we are uh, well underway in developing the, the next one, which is due in uh, 2023. So um, one of the first steps in developing the next plan has been, as you, as you mentioned, um, guys, uh, the um, solicitation of, of new projects. As I've, I've often said, you know, we don't at CPRA, we don't think we have all the answers or know what all the right things are to do for our coast. And so every time we, we develop a plan, we want to try to get new ideas, fresh ideas, hopefully better ideas for um, you know what we can do to help provide a sustainable coastal Louisiana to our citizens. And um, so we're doing that now. So anyway, there's a solicitation open. Uh, folks can submit any ideas that they might have uh, related to our coast and how we can restore, uh, restore it and protect our citizens uh, through the 1st of March. Um, those proposals can be sent to um, us electronically in PDF format. They can be sent to masterplan at la.gov, uh, or they can be mailed to us as well to the 2023 Coastal Master Plan Project Development Program, and uh, the address is P.O. Box 44027. That's in Baton Rouge, uh, Louisiana,
0: 70804. And, I mean, I can't imagine that there are many questions about the master plan that you have not answered already, (laughs) but I'm going to give you one that you probably have answered already. Um, So, people might ask, so why does it take six years? You know, why would the plan take six years to to pull together? I mean, can you talk a little bit about all that goes into it from kind of a science and a modeling perspective and kind of the complexities involved with the master plan?
2: Sure. Well, um, you know, as as we're developing the plan, we're not just... um, uh, we don't just start with the same, I guess, tools that we uh, that we used the last go-around. And so, you know, we've often said that the plan is very much grounded in the best science and engineering available to us, and, and that's not a static thing, right? The state-of-the-art is always changing. And so um, as we move from one plan to the next, we, we want to incorporate, you know, lessons learned from the projects that we've done. We want to incorporate lessons learned from the previous master plan, and we want to um, incorporate the, the new knowledge base, essentially, that's been developed since we've um, put the, the last plan out. And so we're, we have a lot of predictive tools, modeling tools, uh, a lot of engineering principles and so forth that uh, we want to make sure that we are, are updating and, and uh, again, are using that sort of state-of-the-art science uh, as we're evaluating projects. Um, so that takes some time. Uh, it takes some time to develop, uh, again, projects that you want to evaluate. Um, and, uh, and it takes time to run those things essentially through the process of uh, the predictive models that we have um, and then it takes a lot of time to present that really to the public and try to explain kind of the process and what we're seeing and receive feedback ultimately to develop that, that final plan.
1: And, what, you know, one time we, we were, uh, Bren. I hooked Brennan to doing these community conversations with me on the master plan, and we did get great questions like that. And, you know, one time somebody framed it in terms of, well, look what happened between some of the plans. Um, certainly, um, we had a devastating oil spill in between one plan, and then uh, in between the next plan, 2012 uh, to 2017, we then knew, Um, What kind of fine money we would receive from it. So, so even, you know, conditions on the ground can change dramatically after hurricanes or, or natural disasters or, um, uh, technical disasters, they call oil spills. But so also, you know, just in the span of time, things change. And so, um, it's been really interesting to see you know what they've been able to do. Think they put the Center for River Studies on the ground, and uh, we've come out with some different financing tools as well that um but you know they it's science based, and so they start with that. Um, and so I always appreciate the work that goes into it. i've I've had an opportunity to see the team work all five years and now six years on that. And so um you know, I appreciate all the work that um, goes into that. I know sometimes that goes unnoticed, Brent.
2: Well, thank you. I appreciate that and um really excited to uh, have the opportunity to share some of that and um and uh, have have the discussion about some of the good things going on here in Louisiana with you guys today.
1: I think Bren was an award winner last year, right when they kicked him off the the master plan team, right?
2: That's you got right. yourself
1: a That's handsome right. statue. Tell us a little bit about that Bragg, <laughs> tell us yeah.
2: Yeah, well, no, I was I was very fortunate to uh, to be considered and, and awarded the uh, the governor's uh, award for um, conservationist of the year last year
1: for uh, Louisiana Wildlife Federation. The mm-hmm.
2: Louisiana Wildlife Federation puts on absolutely, and uh, so um, proud of that, and uh, that I think mainly um, spurred from the work we did on the 2017 master plan, and uh, that uh, couldn't have been done alone. It was done certainly in, in co- cooperation and coordination with lots of folks here at Cpr and folks like you all. Um, they didn't
1: give you a award eagle statue did they it's uh it's an eagle Mm, eagle, gosh whatever he's um you just got to cover that up
0: for the mm -hmm. next week he's half auburn half lsu but you know that's right that's right so you had a good uh, national championship game well Bren. Very well deserved. Congratulations on the award. Thank you so much for being on. Hopefully we'll have you back soon. We have to go to a break. Um, We'll be right back with some more discussion around coastal issues. You're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO.
1: National Wildlife Federation gives voices to the wildlife conservation values that are part of our country's heritage. We are charting a new course for wildlife that our children and grandchildren will thank us for. Visit our website, nwf.org Louisiana, to find out more about our work to restore and protect coastal Louisiana for generations to come. National Wildlife Federation, uniting all Americans to ensure wildlife thrive in a rapidly changing world. nwf.org slash Louisiana. Hi,
0: I'm Don Cheadle. Listen up. I want to talk to you about something important, the Environmental Defense Fund. EDF isn't like some of the other environmental groups. EDF works together with those on both sides of the issue. Despite all the fighting in Washington, EDF has found ways for both parties to support real progress that has made our air and water cleaner in the products in our homes safer. So not only can our planet prosper, so can our future. Go to edf.org to see how you can help.
1: Our coastal stat of the week, our choppa stat of the week, maybe. (laughs) A recent poll commissioned by Audubon, Louisiana, on behalf of Restore the Mississippi River Delta, found that nearly 50% of coastal voters believe Louisiana's land loss crisis will directly impact them this year. But when asked if land loss will directly impact them in five years, the number jumps to 70%.
0: Hashtag no time to lose. That's
1: interesting, right? People like, I mean, five years is very near future. So for them to make that association so close.
0: Right. And I mean, even in this year, right, people are understanding it's already having impacts. And we hear that from the people that we interact with on the ground, whether, you know, they're fishermen that have seen land change so quickly or people that are being affected by, you know, coastal, coastal, tides and flooding and that sort of thing from normal storm events so um yeah i'm really glad we were able to do that poll last year and kind of is ga- very informative how people are feeling and, and understanding that yeah they, they do they are really aware and concerned but also supportive of the master plan supportive of projects like sediment diversion certainly supportive of protecting funding for coastal restoration mm-hmm. so um yeah it was a good a good poll maybe we'll do another one this year we'll see
1: Great, great. We would love to see that. It told us so much. Uh, right now, we actually have another guest from CPRA on the phone. Brent kind of recapped last year and talked about some high level things coming up, but we are so fortunate to have on the phone Kenny Ballinger, a project manager with CPRA. Welcome to the show, Kenny B. Good evening. Um, so, before I know you from uh, bothering you several times on different <laughs> projects, but why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself?
3: It never bothers. Um, I'm <laughs> Me personally, I'm from Baton Rouge. I've been here all my life. Never left. I like the South. All my friends that left seemed to all come back to the South. <laughs> um, I graduated from LSU in landscape architecture, and being a landscape architect that actually got me into uh, working on the coast. And I've had to put a little sidebar, and you'd ask my co- my coworkers my
0: personal hobbies, meteorology.
1: Oh, very nice. cool. That's interesting. We had um, somebody from National Weather Service on the show one time. Yeah, one that? of
0: our first, first episodes.
1: And Kenny B, you won a pretty big award in the past couple of years too, right?
0: Yeah, I won the
3: Legas uh, Medal with the American Society Landscape Architects. It was, American. Uh,
1: yeah, that's yes. like a big deal, Kenny B.
3: Yeah, it was, uh, it was incredible. Um, I didn't think I was worthy of it when you look at some of the previous winners, but uh, I appreciate it.
1: Well, I think you're deserving. You've been so great to work with. We've worked together on a couple of different projects. Um, but this time, we wanted to talk about one project in particular that y'all are celebrating the success on. So let's talk about Lost Lake. Where is it? What is it? Give us the details.
3: Okay. Lost Lake is a marsh creation project. It's, uh, it's located in Parabone, Parabone.
1: Mm-hmm. See where we're going with this? <laughs> it's,
3: it's about 25 miles southwest of Houma. Uh the project itself is a coastal wetlands planning, protection and restoration act. We call it Quipra. And there's five federal agencies in the QuiPA program. And in this project, the US Fish and Wildlife Service is our federal sponsor. Um it was a marsh creation project taken saw from um Lost Lake and put in the marsh. You know the the, the area's been degrading over the past several decades. Um, and for this project we created and nourished about eleven hundred acres and also 54 terraces. Um, another component of the project was hydrologic restoration. We uh, constructed and um, repaired seven weirs near Lost Lake. And What these weirs do is they're closed during the summer to keep salt water from going into the marshes and during the winter we lower the weirs and let the fresh water uh, come back out to the south.
0: And Kenny, what was, were the conditions like in that area before you guys went in and started working?
3: I mean, you know, the area has been deprived of sediment and fresh water for decades. So, you know, like a lot of marshes in the Taraboom Basin and the Bear terry Basin, that in the similar conditions, you know, the uh, the marshes just slowly, slowly disappearing. You know, you have pieces of marsh out there, you have open water out there, and you know, the less marsh you have, you know, it allows the storm surge to increase. You know, of course, it's the habitat for a. Uh, fish and crabs and shrimp, you know, things that we, we love to eat. And so, um, you know, it was def—it's definitely degrading out there.
0: And how long did the project take? I mean, I guess, well, construction, but then from kind of planning to finally being finished.
3: I mean, the, the initial concept for the project was in the, in the late 2000s, around 2008, when it was proposed to the Quipra. And I think it was voted in around 2010, went through engineer and design for for two years, two or three years, and then finally um, we got construction funding, I think in 2012, but, you know, we still had land rights and permits to get, and so that just took a little bit longer uh, to go to get all those in place, but, you know, we finally went to construction in 2017.
1: So, um, there was a lot of project partners on that. Is that a uh, pretty common to the projects that you work on, that there's, you know, locals or federal agencies working on those different projects?
3: Yeah, on most quicker projects, you have a federal agency, but as I'm seeing more and more often, we're trying to combine resources. So we had some funds, uh, mitigation funds from the Louisiana Department of Natural Resources, and uh, in Wasco, the Louisiana All-Spill Coordinator's Office, had some mitigation funds. It's not a tremendous amount of funds, but when you combine them with a, a project that we have already been implemented, you can make those funds go a lot further and create quite a bit more marsh.
0: So, I mean, it must be quite rewarding for you to have been involved in a project and see it go through construction and then be complete. Um, how is that fe- what is that feeling like when you're standing and you see kind of the last components done and you see a project that you've built, new land you put on, on Louisiana's coast?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll put it this way. We, I mean, I've have built a, a lot, many projects. I've been fortunate to been here, been working for the coast since 1991, and you know we have a lot of as project managers we have many projects. So you finish a project, you still got five more you're working on, and you don't really get to look back. But I've been telling our project managers, and I'm looking back to what we were doing in the 1990s and what we're doing today. And you look at Lost Lake and other projects, and in, in the the scale of projects that we're doing are just incredible. I mean, such large scale. I don't know if there's anywhere else in the world people are doing projects to the scale we're doing today. So so you got to look back and go look at what we did. I mean, you know, hundreds and thousands of acres of marsh creation. You know, you know, other other projects where you taking sand out uh, of the Gulf of Mexico and, and the Mississippi River and building large projects, but you know we've learned so much, and I think we're still laying on the groundwork for groundwork for even larger projects in the future.
0: Yeah, and I mean it's received the projects received tremendous praise. I, I saw a Times-Picayune article, article in the Homa Courier. I mean certainly our leadership and elected officials are are recognizing the impact. Governor John Bel Edwards saying this is what progress looks like. Um, Terrebonne Parish President Gordy Dove saying that. You know, this, that means a lot to Par- Terrebonne Parish and its people. Um, Senator Norby Shawbear saying that, um, you know, what we have accomplished here in the Lost Lake Bayou Decade area is an important win in the long battle against, against coastal land loss in Terrebonne Parish. So, I mean, certainly hugely important to the communities down there that depend on that storm surge buffer.
1: Yeah, and they all build off of each other too, right? And so that's really important in places like Terrebonne that are experiencing Experiencing such land loss, but I, I definitely appreciate the partnerships too. I love, I love what Kenny B just said about that. About that, that's really important, right? All hands on deck and whatever resources you can bring to bear, too, right? So, um, Kenny B, you've also worked on other projects in in this in the coast. Like, what are some of the other ones? Schofield, a few others.
3: Well, you mentioned Schofield, and you know, back in the '90s, five miles of dredge pipe was a big project. For Scopeo Island, we had 23 miles of 30-inch dredge pipe taking sand out of the Mississippi River and bringing it to a barrier island. The first time sand was ever placed from the Mississippi River onto a barrier island, we went over two levees and under two roads for that 23 miles. You know, that's an incredible project. You look at Camanada and Whiskey Island, which we've completed the past few years. Back in the 90s, going to ship shoal and getting getting sand from ship shoal was, you know. It was kind of scoffed at, you you're never going to do that. Well, we've done it three times already, taking scows and hoppers and transporting sediment, sand, good quality sand, you know, over 30 miles to these islands. Um, long distance sediment pipeline. What we did, you talk about combining resources. It was, um, it was all land-based pipe. And we actually merged three projects into one to utilize that one trip, pipeline corridor. And when you combine all these projects together, you know, you save your mob demobe costs, and you take those funds, and you can actually build more, marsh.
0: And, Kenny, I mean, in your time in working on these projects, the technology must have advanced tremendously. Is that right? Uh,
3: you know, technology's advanced, but I think what we've learned back in the 90s, I mean, we were just starting out. I mean, and I'll tell you, when we do projects, we are writing the chapters as we go, because nothing's ever been done what we're Like we're doing, so it is technology. But I think we've learned so much, and also working together with all the different agencies and and the consultants and the contractors on how to get this working. In the 90s, everybody's kind of fueling themselves out. Now, as we started doing more projects, we start working as a team. We're actually a family. Everybody, including you know your 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 NGOs, just everybody working together to what what our goal is is to restore our coast. And we know it's going to take a large team effort it's going to take time but you know i think we're, we're we're making progress
0: all right well that's a great answer to that question and a great way to end this segment um if, if you mind hanging on we want to talk to you a little bit more about some of these other projects and what else is going on in 2019 um we'll be right back with delta dispatches always available online deltadispatches.org you're listening to delta dispatches on wgso 990 am we'll be right back after the break And we're back. You're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife and jobs and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Bear with Audubon, Louisiana.
1: And I'm Simone Laws with Restore Retreat. Kenny B, um, we uh, like to you know have a little icebreaker with our guests and ask them a fun question and we are continuously surprised by <laughs> the answers. For example, Bren Hosh just told us his um, walk up song or like his hype song um, which just basically flows Lord shock and I so we're gonna ask you a fun which question. which is
0: in case you're you're just tuning yeah. in fancy by Reba McIntyre yeah
1: by the Reba um but that's a whole nother story so we're gonna ask you a fun question Kenny B um what is your favorite Louisiana season snowballs Mardi Gras crawfish or football All
0: of them. (laughs) Good answer.
1: Like, one of my best days would be all those things together. You you
0: can't have Louisiana without any of those things. So that's the Mm -hmm. best part is you can enjoy all of them, right?
1: I'm telling you, if we play our cards right, we could have the Super Bowl be eaten crawfish, which is always close to Mardi Gras, and you can always get snowballs in this city. So sure we can figure it out. I think we should do it. Yeah, I
0: I was listening to something right before the show about king cake consumption, and because the Saints are in the playoffs, (sighs) king cake consumption is just out the... Door. In the Malaw's yeah. house, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> well, Kenny B, I'm glad that you enjoy all of those things. We can enjoy them together when the saints win. Um, we just want to close out with a couple of general questions about the work that you do, because we find it so, so interesting. CPRA uses the terms acres benefited. And tell us a little bit about that. Good. The,
3: the, the baker's benefit, you have a project footprint, and you'll construct, X, let's say you, you construct 100 acres, or in this case, Lake, you construct 1,000 acres of marsh. But really the benefits go beyond that, because it's not just what you create. What you create actually impacts the area around you. It protects and enhances the area around you. So, you know, you build this, but you benefit more. And I also go a little further, a Berry Island I mean, you build a long barrier island that's a 1,000-foot wide and, and three miles long. It's not just that project. What you, you're building is the first line of defense from storm surge in the, in the Gulf of Mexico, but you're also protecting what I call the farmland behind there, the farmland of the shrimp and the crabs and the fish. And then you actually are protecting another line's defense, like the Lost Lake Mar- uh, Marsh Creation Project. So, um, you know, what you bill benefits more.
0: It's kind of like not it's not just what you see but what you don't see, right? That 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 kind of accounts. So, I have a question kind of getting back to what you were talking about um, regarding Schofield Island, which wasn't mentioned, but I'll have to mention is, is in Plaquemines Parish, mm, Simone. Talk. What a hometown homer. Come on, know. you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't have all Terrebonne in the show. but Yes, we can, actually. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, if you make me do shows all about birds, I can do I can a do show it. all Come about on. Terrebonne. Is that um, a challenge? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious how you approach restoring a barrier island differently from uh, restoring like an inland marsh.
3: I mean, you have two different habitats there. You have berry Islands, which actually you need sand for berry Islands. Actually, the coarser the sand, the better. The habitats is higher. You're really building more for birds and um, you know, and species that live out of the water. where when you want to build a marsh creation, you're looking for a little more siltier organic soils. The water's mean the marsh is going to be the elevations be lower. And you're actually of the more intertidal habitat for things that like to get wet, you know, plants they like to get wet as well as the your shrimp, your crabs, your fish and, and those animals that live, you know, in, in the marsh.
1: That's a very good answer. That's very interesting. Um, Kenny B, too, we you know, we were thinking about we Jack and I were talking about this during the break about about your path as landscape architecture, which brought you to coastal. So when you were a little Kenny B, like how did you get interested in that and then Did you ever think this is what you would be doing, having grown up here?
3: I mean, obviously not. I mean, I uh, I fish a lot at Grand Isle. We have family fishing trips to Grand Isle every year. I never really considered the coast until I graduated and just saw a position for a landscape architect. And, you know, I started out the second year that coastal restoration started in Louisiana. So, um, yeah, You just don't, never know where the road's going to take you, and it's taking me here, and it's it's just really fun to watch us grow, the projects that we have done, the projects we're doing, and the projects that we are getting ready to do.
0: And, and, Kenny, we like to talk a lot about kind of the next generation. Obviously, this is a generational challenge that we're facing, Um you know, what advice would you give to those people in college, or maybe you know they're thinking about what to major in in college, or you know they they want to work on Louisiana's coast, um but they're not sure really how to get there. what What advice would you give them?
3: Well, first, you got you got so more many resources available now. I would you know get involved with volunteer efforts. you know many many of the NGOs offer you know volunteer plannings and opportunities to go out and work on the coast. Um If you're in school and really serious, get an internship or a student job, you know with an agency. You parish or consulting firm that that does this type of work. Get get your feet wet. You know, essentially, um... there's other. You know, we go out more as a C.P.R.A. to communities now, and we have annual plan meetings, and we have you know project meetings and so forth. And these are all public meetings, and you go to these and you start learning more and more about the process and understanding. You meet people, you network with people. So, you know, there's so many meetings and it's so available on the web, you know, now that you know where these meetings are. They're local, you have to drive hours, you can just drive a few minutes away. So, you know, uh, you know, reaching out um, is definitely important. CPRA
1: does Facebook Live, right? Yeah. So, I mean, even if you can't make a monthly meeting, um, that's a really great answer. A really great answer, Katie B. Well, we are so happy to have had you on the show. Um, we love the work that you're doing. Are you working on anything exciting coming up? Anything you want to yeah. tell us about?
3: One of the um, projects we're working on is called the Terrebonne Basin Barry Island and Beach Nourishment. Oh, it, it,
1: you heard that, Jacquemus? It's
3: going to be one of our. What I don't think is the first programmatic approach to Barry Islands. Where we're actually going to be working on three different Barry Islands um, at one time under one project, one funding source. We'll be taking which that is NIFWIF, right? Yeah. Yes, it's NIFWIF, and we'll be taking the, that sand from Ship Shoal. But you know, it, it, over here at CPRA, you know, the all spill monies are coming in. And we've got, you know, I talk about large projects I've worked on. We've got even larger projects. The NIFLIS, the NERDS restore monies are there to do incredible projects. You know, our our, our our diversion projects, you know, that we're working on. I mean, we're working to get the first one done. And once we work out, work with everybody and get the first one going, we'll get a second one. And you know, that's where the future is. It's it's getting the the sediment and the nutrients and the fresh water. And back into the marsh, and, and that's where we're
0: headed. Way to end with a Plaquemines project. Good job, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> he
1: brought it back around. Kenny B, again, we're so grateful to have you on the show. We'd love to have you on again, of course, in the future, uh, and, and good luck. Of if, if course, you know, you can always come to us if we need anything, because uh, we'll, of
0: course, come to you when we need something. And likewise. Do that. <laughs> thank you, Kenny.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Well, Kenny B brought up some volunteer opportunities, and there's some locally.
0: Yeah, so um, this weekend on Saturday from 10 to 1 p.m., CRCL is hosting a bo- bike tour of the Lower oh, Ninth that's Ward. Cool. Um, They'll be biking around the Lower Ninth Ward to understand water management structures and green infrastructure. So go to crcl.org to sign up and it looks like the weather's gonna be a lot better. So it should be a fun day.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think Alex and them did a pothole bike tour, right? Did they do that one time? Yes. Uh, There is a, uh, we talked about the monthly board meeting of the Coastal Protection and Restoration Authority. They will meet next Wednesday, January 16th at 9.30 a.m. It's at the state capitol, but um, actually since it's at the capitol, it streams live on the legislature's website and they also do facebook live if you can't get to baton rouge
0: yeah so go to uh, cpra's facebook page and make sure to like it and subscribe so you can get those updates well a great first show of the year simone 2019 is looking it all goes down from here yeah. (laughs) yeah we'll have some great guests for you in the weeks and months ahead certainly no shortage of topics um thank you again for listening uh, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell 2019 your coworkers. Twenty nineteen is going to
1: be the year of the coast. You hear me?
0: It is the year of the coast. Um, thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to Delta Dispatches on the WGSO nine ninety AM.